You're listening to the Grim Tidings Podcast. One shot with Sebastian A. Jones, author and publisher at Stranger Comics. This is Rob Matheny with the Grim Tidings Podcast. Uh, I'm here at the Northwest Comic Fest in Salem, Oregon, and I have a very special guest with me on the show today. He is none other than the president, founder, and publisher of Stranger Comics, Sebastian A. Jones. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here, hanging out in Salem. How has the uh, convention treated you so far? Has the, how has the experience been here in Salem? It's been, it's been fantastic. People are very receptive. You know, they're not shy. They approach the booth. Um, very engaging in conversation. Want to know about your stuff. And they're good supporters of indie publishers and uh, new material. So it's great. Heart and soul of comics right here. So you're actually the first comic book publisher that we've had on the show. Tell me about how Stranger Comics came to be. Wow. Um, okay, so back in 2008, um, I had a project I was uh, I'd written called The Untamed, and I shopped it around. I'd, I'd run a record label before, but I, I didn't want to do any more running of a company. So I shopped my project around to some of the, the big boys and big publishers, and to cut a very diplomatic story short, it forced me to start my own company to protect the vision. So we started Stranger Comics essentially to protect creators' visions and uh, really lay a heavy emphasis on a philosophy of quality. And at the same time, when I was shopping the project around, I uh, had some concept art done by uh, Peter Bergting and Daryl May and Hyung Tech Nam, who are now kind of big dudes in their own right. And basically my team rallied behind me and a couple of other guys, Joshua Cozine, who was over at Top Cow Comics. We just thought, you know what, let's put the pedal to the metal and try and do it ourselves and just see if we can't put out very story-driven, very character-driven fantasy comics to start with and tell it in our own way. And uh, it was not easy at first being independent and not completely loaded, but um, we're, we're, uh, we're inching forward. So that's kind of the rough genesis of the company. So Stranger Comics is based out of Los Angeles, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. And you are also a comic book writer. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I started um, writing with filmmakers, the Polish brothers, and we, we started working on a comic book project called Salvador for another comic book company. And um, during that process, I was writing The Untamed, uh, or I'd actually written The Untamed as a screenplay, first of all. But when you're a creator, you, you envision your projects in all sorts of mediums, video games, movies, TV shows, comic books, whatever. And the other thing I forgot to mention, I'm a huge nerd. So I play... We like nerds. Good, good, good. Yeah. So I've been playing you know tabletop role-playing live-action role-playing since i've i don't know been like 12 or 13 larper yeah huge larper nice yeah dude i i was i think i think the first ever larping group was out of england called labyrinth and i was a kid like 12 or 13 getting beaten up by you know the heavy metal dudes back in england uh with with the rubber swords and whatnot and then when i came to america when i was i don't know 18 or 19 i set up my own larping group basically i was creating this fantasy universe for 25 years i'm you know i'm getting old now through LARP and through tabletop role-playing with my gaming dudes. That's how this fantasy universe came about that I created. And that's what I've essentially used as the backdrop for my comic books. I can try and write really high drama stories and whatnot, but the backdrop is this massive fancy world. And uh, thanks to all the boys that came and, you know, got slapped in the face with a rubber sword every Sunday. Where are you from? Um, I'm from England. Um, I'm from a small kind of county southwest of London called Surrey. And uh, yeah, I've been here 24 years or something. My math isn't good. Something like that. 
So LARPer, that's that's pretty badass. We had uh, Tim Markwitz on the show, and he was a, a hardcore LARPer back in the day as well. Um, he's with Ragnarok Publications. Let's go on a dork tangent here for just for a moment here. What was your what was your favorite uh, LARP character that you played during your your years? Wow, um, boy, oh boy! I was ninety percent of the time I was the DM, but um, my favorite character I played was probably um, a character is now in my fantasy comics. His name is Scarlock Tisland. Oh, Scarlock Two Hearts, and uh, he is a Silver Elf Mordecai assassin. Badass. Yeah, I like, I like to slit throats, you know. Very grimdark, slitting throats. I think you have to actually have at least one slit throat in a grimdark title, I think. Uh, when in LARP, you, um, in my, in my, my game was kind of, I guess, a bit rough and tumble in the woods, you know, it was, a, you know, sneak past the ranger station, and I go out, and, th- and it was all done at nighttime. And to be an assassin, it was not easy. You had to be able to sneak up behind somebody with your foam dagger or foam latex, realistic looking weapon or whatever, and uh, slit somebody's throat and then you could gain certain abilities and, and so on. You were gangster lopper. Yeah, I, 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 I tried. I tried. <laughs> I fumbled towards the end, but yeah, usually I, 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 did, I did well in my youth and, and now it's all gone downhill, but yeah. <laughs> so no more LARPing these days? I haven't LARPed in about three or four years, sad to say. But now and again, you know, the crew do contact me and go, when the fuck are we, can I throw on my mother's bathrobe, you know, and come out? But yeah, it hasn't, hasn't been for a little while, but uh, I miss it. I, but I'm still very close with all the, the guys and girls that, you know, I did it with for a couple of days. LARPers for life. Yeah, completely. Actually, one guy, his name is Raven Mamura. He does a lot of the art for Dungeons & Dragons players' handbooks and, and, and the card games and so on. If you look up Raven Mamura, he's, he's awesome. He, he, had a, he had an awesome dwarf warrior priest. He got my back. So you haven't been LARPing lately because you've been kind of busy publishing comic books. So I can, <laughs> I can, I can understand that. So um, tell us about kind of the focus of Stranger Comics. What are, your, what are the themes, stories that, that you guys are telling? Well, to start with, it, it really was that. It was the, the fantasy tales. You know, I had some lofty ambition to kind of create a Marvel or DC universe for fantasy fans because I felt like it was a slightly undernourished medium in comics. You know, when you think of fantasy, you think of novels. Novels become movies and obviously especially games, video games, you know, uh, the worlds of Warcraft, EverQuest and Diablo and all that good stuff. But comics outside of, you know, it's kind of the, the one shots, the Conans and the Red Sonias and um, some of the stuff that um, CrossGen had done. I felt like we wanted to tackle a, a kind of a cinematic, and it sounds kind of douchey and, and, and uh, obnoxious, but uh, a cinematic kind of way of presenting uh, comic tales in the fantasy setting and, and get as gnarly and aggressive and as brutal and kind of shy away. I'm not a big fan of airbrushed, affected English accents, you know, like the obligatory dudes with waxed eyebrows and uh, in comics and the obligatory comic relief from the dwarf so you can get the, the safe laugh. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of that shit. So I, I wanted to, you know, just be as um, honest to the storytelling and create, if possible, moral conflicts and dilemmas and pour my own inner demons into these, these characters and get some cathartic release. So anyway, tangent. So the whole goal was to create a, an epic fantasy universe that we've been building and create these wonderful tales within and then see if they could grow into movies and TV shows and other, other avenues as well. And as I became older, I started writing children's books as well. So then I dipped into children's books areas and I wrote my first book with my buddy Ken Lux Mandy who's a VFX guru who worked on the Matrix the Fight Club and we, we created this uh, children's book based on his idea called Pinata 
which is a very kind of Pixar, Pinocchio-esque story. But we, we always try and go a little bit of the extra mile, even with our kids' books. And like the back of Pinata, you can actually learn how to make a Pinata after you read the story. The Untamed Graphic Novel, which we, we just completed, there's all sorts of bonus extras and features. It's, uh, you know, we try and believe in a philosophy of quality. We, we won't ever really probably be able to compete with the big boys or maybe down the line. But for now, rather than churning stuff out, let's, let's put out stuff that we can be proud of, you know, one at a time and, you know, real, real, real emphasis on uh, quality and uh, both in the writing, the editing and the, and the artwork. We work with amazing artists. I'm very proud of. Quality over quantity then. Always, always for me. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the children's books. We've never had an author on the show before who, who has actually written children's books and, and published them. We have, we have four titles. So the first one is uh, Pinata. That, that was the first one that came out. And then we created the I Am book series with this actress, uh, Garcelle Beauvais. She was best known probably on the Jamie Foxx show, and then she was on NYPD Blue and Franklin and Bash recently, Flight, White House Down. Anyway, so I bumped into her at the park one day, and both our kids were playing on the same ride, and we were like, how come there are no kids' books for um, kids who are, A, dealing with divorce, or B, uh, multicultural, you know, for biracial, multicultural kids? And so um, the first book that we put out was I Am Mixed. And her being a celeb in that world, she got her buddy Halle Berry to do the forward. And then our second book, I'm Living Two Homes, we got Dr. Charles Sophie from the Dr. Phil show. It's America's, one of his, one of America's leading child psychiatrists to make sure we weren't screwing anyone's lives up, you know, and, uh, and they've been amazingly well received. Obviously, some people aren't down with the, the mixing of cultures and it's a very kind of sensitive issue and a very, it's a very raw subject. This country has a, you know, real, um, uh, you know, dark, gritty history, and some people try and hide it, and some people try and say, "Oh, it wasn't me," and and a lot of people don't just generally give a fuck. So, um, you know, I do. <laughs> um, I'm mixed, and I grew up. You know, when I read Lord of the Rings, I remember thinking, like, how come all the dark dudes are seduced by Sauron, the Dark Lord, and how come all the you know the pretty elves? I want to be an elf, and how come they're all only ever pale and fair? Um, so anyway, so all the shit that I do usually has a very, a very, it's a very big, expansive world. Not to be a Benetton ad, but just the concept of uh, you know, I think it's morally right to be able to have anyone that wants to engage in a book or a universe to be represented and uh, and not done in a cheesy kind of bullshit token. Let me stick some token black dude in a movie kind of way. That lowest common denominator of pandering is. Uh, is obtuse and, and I don't think people realize half the people don't realize I don't think that's what goes on in general media is just uh, appease this group yes check you know without realizing it's not fooling the uh, the subcultures of the world that's my that's my bit of a tangent <laughs> yeah no I like it uh, it's good stuff the topics are divorce mixed culture what was the third one so the third one that's come out is called it's, it's coming out actually in September next month it's called I am awesome and that's generally about just how to not give up um, how to be brave, use your imagination. We kind of had a bit of a superhero theme. It's a lot of fun. And this uh, artist, James Corey Webster, who does some of my very grim, dark-esque, uh, dark fantasy tales, Dusu Path of the Ancient, which you, you must check out if you like real savage fantasy. He did uh, a great job of bringing this to life based on Daryl May's boards. You can feel super, feel inspired. That has a theme of just as simple as how to be a good friend or how to stand up for your friend if they're being teased. Um, we even touch a little bit on, you know, uh, kids that are adopted. Just, um, but more than anything, it's just how to be uh, a good kid, how to be brave, how to try your best. And the back of all of our I Am books, we do activities as well, which can range from 
a family tree and I mixed an about me section and um, draw a portrait of yourself and um, the recent one in I am awesome is draw yourself being super and draw your fa- you know what would you look like what would your superhero outfit be so just fun activities for parents and the kids to do together you know I feel like if you can make a comic or a kids book or whatever it is feel immersive in some way it'll have some resonance and also some of the messages will have further resonance and meanings. And we work with a great teacher, Megan Lewitton, who's a wonderful third grade teacher, um, and Dr. Charles Sophie, and, and really just making sure that um, we get the most out of the books that we put out, or the kids do that, that read it. Where does that come from? Are, now, are you a father? I am a dad, yeah. What's that seed within yourself to be able to tell these tales to children that, that are relevant and important messages that kids need to hear? Absolutely. Where did you decide that that's the kind of tales that you want to tell and publish and put it out into the world? With the comic books, with that stuff, um, I think just to start with, The Untamed itself was more than anything releasing my own inner demons. I'm, a, I guess, a pretty sensitive dude, and I let things affect me greatly. And uh, there was a lot of, I guess, just, yeah, releasing dark ambitions or past sins or whatever into that tale the untamed it really is just that cathartic release you know hoping you know like as you get older as a man you've generally fucked up at some point along the way and you usually want a second chance and usually there's no redo button and i guess this was my own redo button and the character in this story was my own dark reflection of wanting to find a some how can i find salvation is it possible would i make a deal with the devil to save my family save their souls can they forgive me all those types of things that's really the heart you know saying a lot here that's really the heart of the untamed the subtitle of the untamed like lord of the rings fellowship of the ring this first one is the untamed a sinner's prayer so if i'm a sinner and i'm praying to the man above maybe the man below has got a keener ear and is ready to jump in and make it happen and what kind of deal and has he set it up all along has he set my own fucking future or downfall who else is watching or can i make my own way so everything i do i guess has some kind of real resonance for me um, the character Niobe, who you meet in The Untamed, is an, um, so a black elven girl of mixed heritage. She will become our, kind of our franchise's Luke Skywalker. You know, she's been in my head and heart for like uh, well over a decade, nearly 20 years maybe. And I always thought it, it was time that there was a female or an, uh, an elven character and a female who is, can kind of bind nations, who can be mixed, who can speak to lots of different people. And so, you know, again, not to be fucking cheeseball, but just straight up, it's just what speaks to me. And it's at the core, it's who I am and uh, what I'm about. Most people just think I'm full of shit, but, um, but you know, fuck them. Yeah, so, uh, so if you like, you know, and so what was cool about Niobe is last year I was at an event um, for my mix books, my iMix books, and I met Amanda Stenberg, who played Rue in The Hunger Games. I remember seeing the movie thinking like, oh my God, that, that girl looks like how I envisioned Niobe, this character, as a kid. And so I was like, you don't know me. And yeah, first off, take a picture of the book. All right, thanks. And then uh, you, you are Niobe to me, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and uh, I met her and her, she was with her mom and her mom was super cool. And I was like, I've got to go and do a reading for I Am Mix. And they were like, all right, we'll come and be audience. So we went across to this huge hall. And basically, they were the only two people in the whole audience. They sat at the front like, all right. So I made a bit of a joke of it. And uh, afterwards, uh, man, I was like, you're really funny. Um, tell me about your character. So we just chit-chatted about Niobe. And I said, my goodness, the parallels that, that, she, that what she's going through, and she's become a bit of a, I don't know if you've seen, that she's become a huge internet phenomenon uh, talking about cultural issues, uh, 
she's just made the cover of Days magazines, just in Elle and Teen Vogue and all this stuff. It's crazy, just just blown up based on her moral choices and very brave teenager. There's not very many celebrities I've ever seen being this brave. And the, the parallels between what she's doing and the character itself, ironically, of Niobe in The Untamed is crazy. So her and I are writing comics based on Niobe, which should be coming out in November, fingers crossed, if, uh, if we hit our deadlines. Watch this space. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big deal. The Niobe comic book will be a big deal. And then with the kids' books, yeah, it's funny you say that because I think, again, you know, I'm always thinking about my kid. Um, really, The Untamed is just, uh, I wish I was a better father. You know, honestly, how I always want to be a better father. I'm, I guess it sucks, but um, guilt is a huge factor in my, uh, in my life. And, uh, it, I, but not just that, I, you know, my, my son is my, my heart, my pride and joy. And, uh, I'd, I'd, you know, fucking cut my arm off or kill for him. So yeah, so the kids books, yeah, ironically, he's mixed. I'm mixed. He's even more mixed. Uh, he's got also Cuban and Peruvian in him. And, uh, he is a kid of divorce and that's my second book and he is awesome. So that's my third book. And, uh, he's part of Spanish. So piñata. So yeah, I guess, uh, I am speaking to my child and, uh, and ironically, I think to a lot of kids, you know, so many kids deal with divorce. That was going to be our first one. We thought that was going to be our big seller. But it's amazing how embarrassed parents are about even talking about their divorce. Usually they're embroiled with their exes in some kind of battle. And, and it's very rare that you find people that have that is super amicable um, and even if they are just the fear of oh my god you come home from work you're exhausted how do i talk to my kid about it you know and oh i don't want to oh i just want to have a nice time and so on and what parents generally don't realize is kids need to have that discussion so they don't feel they're to blame most all kids because kids of a of a especially a young age and even up i think into their 20s honestly you know teens are very selfish and before you're a teen, even still, the world revolves around you. It's like, look at me, mom, watch this, watch me, dad, watch this, watch this, watch this. If they're universes themselves, then they're going to blame themselves for mom and dad. And that's the essence of the book is to force that conversation for a parent to have a chit chat and talk and let a kid know that mom and dad are happier in two homes and it's not their fault. And these are the things that actually can make living two homes cool. You get to do cool stuff with dad and quality time with mom and, uh, and just really speak, speak on those levels and that, you know, address some of the guilt or the fear or the concerns. So that, that was our second book. And it's a struggle, you know, to be candid when people get it, they're so thankful. And I get emails, Oh, I'm in tears. Thank you. Uh, which is, which is wonderful. I am mixed is the opposite. Everyone has such a vitriolic opinion on race. You know, when you're a teen, you think you're just cool. And then you're in your 20s, you think you know it all. In your 30s, then you start pontificating that you didn't know anything in your 20s. When you're 40, you start hitting the I don't give a fuck point. So it's tough. So we did I am mixed. And then we get, we get, hey, you know, I get some message like, you should never mix races. Oh, death. Oh, you know, and I get some people saying, thank you for this book. You know, my child's been spit on at school. She's not black enough. She's not white enough. She's not Asian enough, whatever. And usually, you know, from big cities to small towns and a lot, especially the small towns, some of the, the mixed kids there really have a hard time. So you've had some positive feedback from the children's releases as well. Yeah, the kids' books releases, the feedback has been 
phenomenal it really really has you know it's 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 so nice yeah yesterday one lady came up and she's like i was feeling very low about something and i feel very sick i like stomach poisoning food poisoning and she's like please don't ever stop what you're doing please you're you know and it's like okay it kind of gives you that that lift that when you're in the trenches and you're just working seven days a week and you don't see your families and you're just feeling like is this all worth it those little moments go oh wow that's kind of crazy making a bit of a difference that's kind of cool validates your existence sometimes yeah it does it validates it validates just the hard work and just slogging your guts out it's not easy it's not easy because it's not just you that sacrifices time it's anyone that's in your life you know and again you know it's like when you work for yourself if you take a day off you might not make your rent so i work non-stop and it's uh Sometimes when it wears you to a nub, those little notes or those messages or those emails, it really helps. You know, and I know my, I know my son's pretty proud too. And he's like, uh, you know, he sees the books and he knows it's all for him. And, you know, that, that's cool. And there's like a superhero theme that runs through the children's books. Yeah, in the third book it does. And I am awesome it does. That's when I really wanted to expand. And especially because we've got comic fans too, I really wanted to expand the kid's imagination. You know, as a kid, you're just always playing dress up, you know, LARP, whatever. Right, so this is a kid dressing up as superheroes. That has a big superhero theme, the third book, I Am Awesome. The other two just cuts more to the, the don't get me wrong, there's a big imagination uh, perspective, uh, you know, um, coloring within the book. The kids always have their froggy friends that, that play with them and do their thing. I always like to add extra accents because if you're a five-year-old, you're not even thinking about the story or the, you just want mom and dad to read you a story before you go to bed so you can stay up the extra five minutes. I do these little where's Waldo they find the frogs like oh I like the frogs I like the frogs and then subconsciously they're still getting the messages so yeah that's actually worked out pretty cool so there's a big in everything there's a huge imagination theme throughout so then the mission statement for Stranger Comics uh, we were discussing it earlier you stated uh, obliterating mediocrity idea is king story is sacred are the elements you're holding on to when it comes to your philosophy with the stories that you're going to tell with stranger comics tell me about obliterating mediocrity what's that mean to you yeah i sound like such an arrogant douchebag when it when i hear it um but yeah i i think a lot of times um you know in media these days unlike you know, you sit in, you know, TV is awesome. There's some great TV now um, with HBOs and Netflixes. I, I think we're kind of like a golden age of TV right now. It's peaked. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. But generally, you know, in music and mainstream and movies and in some comic books, when you're under such deadlines to produce constant material, I think oftentimes the material suffers because it's where art and commerce kind of butt heads. And if your focus is more on making sure you, you're out, the deadlines are hit, then the art of the story or the, or the art itself can suffer. And I also, you know, I come from the record business and I've heard enough executives talk about making sure they, uh, that music or entertainment is put out to dumb down the masses uh call it like welfare music to essentially make people go oh you you can essentially sell any i mean you know i'm a bit of a psycho when it comes to shit so i think um me too you know there's a there's a um there's a real agenda out there you know it's just make people um march the beats of the corporate drum and with that you can sell anybody anything i mean you look around and you go okay look that's <laughs> It just talks about kids' books, but I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm not a big fan of pop music. 
In the 60s, sure. In the 70s, okay. In the 80s, meh. All right, so I'm a dad. Okay, I don't like pop artists talking about sucking dick to the beat. That's also another song you might hear the same beat or the same style of music, which is talking about, I don't know, whatever, fairy tales and lollipops. The same musical rhythms, the same concept that you're promoting or marketing to my child in the same musical context is not cool to me. Now, I'm not a prude. I like porn. I'm like a psycho. I'm a savage. Okay. But then give me that music for real, but don't market that concept. Don't have your, your celebrity performers look like $2 hookers and market them to my teenager or to my child. I'm, I'm really utterly against that. And I find a lot of that music phony. I find it, uh, and the same with movies. I find a lot of it just um, titillating sex sales. Yet we live in such a religious society that we can show people murdering each other. No problem in TV shows, even in commercials, but dare show a nipple and, you know, everyone fucking has a cow. You know, it's kind of ridiculous. But Not a nipple. Yeah, the nipples are frightening. They're, ter- they're terrifying. It's, it's, it's hilarious. And there's always such a huge double standard with so much of this stuff. I could ramble on for days. More nipples. Yeah, I, yeah, big, big fan. As many nipples as possible, please. Um, I think I think the world would be a lot happier place if we if we shared that. But you know, the concept of doing your best just to be able to look at yourself in the mirror every day, and if I'm putting out my product and I try and make it as good as I can be, it has to stand alone. My, you know, we're working with Amanda. Hopefully, it becomes a TV show, or movie. We're working with Sean Bean in The Untamed um, and Film Rome that do The Simpsons for it to be The Untamed and animated TV show, which is fantastic. But if none of it, that actually makes it i want to be proud that my comic book my graphic novel my children's book can stand on its own two feet and a lot of times you see comics or books or whatever quickly churning out stuff oh hopefully this becomes a tv show oh let's quickly put out this crap and maybe it'll get picked up and and it's just diffuses and dumbs down the original source material which uh you know which which is sad to me and the idea is king if you have it is the most important thing I work with Daryl May, who's a fantastic concept artist, and sometimes, you know, getting to the finish line is hard, but his ideas are always genius, and it is very rare to come across, you know, so much has been seen and done before, the idea being fresh or original and a story having real kind of merit. That's the most important thing. Uh, you know, I'm an old soul kind of guy, I've been told, so if I listen to soul music, it's probably from the 60s, and I'm generally not a... I'm singing a fake R&B run just because it sounds pretty. Okay, congratulations, you can sing good, but I'd rather hear something honest. I like punk. I'd rather hear Iggy Pop than I would some of the modern day guys because I prefer things that aren't cosmetic. I love hip hop, but I'm more from the late 80s, early 90s and not from generally modern day mainstream in the old days people also cared about communities they would put on concerts you know they would they would be in the communities they would talk about all the stuff that's going on in the world you know the the murders and the, the killings and the police and all the stuff that's happening and today most celebrities pop icons uh, author they, you know everyone's very gun shy and, and you know in some respects for good reason but the 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 concept of standing up for your own beliefs in a way and also being open to being wrong Malcolm X has this great quote, which is, I'm going to paraphrase and probably butcher it, but it's essentially, don't be in such a hurry to condemn those who don't think like you do or act as fast as you do, because there was a time you don't think like you do today, meaning you will evolve. And maybe when you're a teen, you were wrong. So be, you know, be open-minded to be wrong, but have, you know, courage of your own convictions. So 
Yeah, I sound I'm so I sound so fucking obnoxious, but that's that's the goal, right? That's the that's the goal. Otherwise, why fucking bother? Great stuff, Sebastian. Let's talk about what Stranger Comics has coming out soon. What what are a couple titles that uh, we should have in our peripheral for for picking up? What what's forthcoming from you guys? I would say, if you can, please definitely pick up the Untamed graphic novel. It's my life's greatest work. Um, it took Peter Berkting, Daryl, and Josh and my team 10 years to basically put this fucking beast together. It's 268 pages. It's oversized. Hyung did great. I mean, the whole team, everybody that jumped in on board on this did great. That you can pre-order on Amazon or you can download it now, but I, I highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, Apparently, you know, I've been told I've, I'm underselling it, the price I'm selling it for, because it's such a big book, but it's, uh, you can get it on Amazon, highly recommend it. Dusu Path of the Ancients, it's one of the first ever fantasy comic series where it's, uh, the elf is a story about elves and the, you were in the elven jungle and the heroes are black and it's very kind of rare apparently, but it's like a Last of the Mohicans type tale. So if you like man out of place type tales with more moral dilemmas and conflicts, also set in the same universe, grab Dusu Path of the Ancient. James Corey Webster, one guy said it's like Frasetta decided to do a comic book. Um, his painting in it is ridiculous. And that took us about four years to make four issues. So because it's painted. Peter's book, The Portent, is beautiful. Coming out is Morkamoa, which is just a, an orc romp. If you just like savage orcs and you want to see them be, as you Americans say, badass, check that shit out. It's being illustrated by Daryl May, my art director. He penciled it. And Sheldon Mitchell, who is this Jamaican awesome dude who was from Top Cow, who did The Darkness and did a lot of... He does huge stuff in Marvel and DC. He's amazing. So that's, that's coming out. And then my Niobe comic book with Amandla and new artist Ashley Woods, uh, new newcomer. And we might have one of the first ever comics that has a black female artist and author writing uh, you know, and create, creating a book ever in comic books, nationally distributed. So, um, but, you know, even if that doesn't, you don't give a fuck about that, the book will be great. And my kids' books, I Am Mix, I'm Living Two Homes, those are out. Upcoming is I Am Awesome. And then Erethune will be coming out next year. If you like dwarves, that'll be for you. Badass. Lots of badass stuff you got coming out here, especially orcs. I love orcs. Excellent. Sebastian A. Jones here on the Grim Tidings Podcast. Where can folks find you online, Sebastian? Thanks. Yeah, you can go to strangercomics.com, and my handle on any social media is at strangercomics, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think Tumblr's like Stranger Comics Publishing, some crap like that, but, you know, if you look up Stranger Comics, you'll find me. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, enjoy the rest of the Northwest Comic Fest. Rock and roll. Thanks a lot. Rock and roll. You can check us out online at facebook.com slash the Grim Tattings podcast or hit us up on Twitter at Grim Dark Fiction. We'll see you next time. <laughs>